0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds and Hemmings back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Legally, every Mormon must now grow a mullet. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the winner of eight straight in the game and 17 of the last 19 because we don't give a fuck for the whole state of Michigan. And with me, as always, is AJ. Our only hope is to hire a former Buckeye, Marchese.
0: You're lucky the mullets won or else you wouldn't be allowed to swear on the show
1: anymore. I know. Big, big, big win for for my folk (laughs) of the mullets. Uh, Today we'll break down our 2021 NFL Draft Superlatives from this past Saturday in college football. BYU, you're not getting into the playoff. That's it. is... Seven. 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 One, two, One, one, two,
0: three, four. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby, driving on to Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Suelle.
1: Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Before we jump in to the wild week 13 college football NFL draft superlatives talk, we have a declaration and a name or two for the Senior Bowl. Um, big news uh, coming out of AJ's favorite conference, the AAC. East Carolina wide receiver Blake Prohl, son of Ricky, has declared for the twenty twenty one NFL Draft. Very ex- what's say you AJ? Yeah,
0: very exciting news. Uh, make sure to pair him with
1: Holton Allers in the NFL, and you got yourself a couple Super Bowls right there. I'm I'm he's only a junior, so I'm pretty surprised he declared. Yeah, me, um, me too. His brother his brother a couple years ago came out of North Carolina and stuck on the Bills for a little bit he did um yeah and if he's anything like his dad he'll uh, he'll win a handful of super bowls
0: <laughs> exactly
1: i still I, I personally have believed since i was like 12 that ricky Pearl is the greatest wide receiver for in nfl history i mean he's he's up there baby he's, he's ricky prowl is sick can you can you even can you even disagree i don't really know i mean the man uh, just pumping in, looking at the numbers. He played until he was 38. Uh, for the Cardinals, Seahawks, Bears, Rams, Panthers, and Colts. Had nearly 9,000 receiving yards. The I,
0: greatest. I would throw Brandon Stokely's name into
1: the ring. I guess he was Brandon a th- Stokely's a wide receiver, three. I was going to say, I guess he was a three for a while. It's okay. Ricky Pearl was a starter for like a handful of years. <laughs> isn't he uh oh no he is no longer the panthers receiver coach so awkward oh, sorry, um Ricky. anyway blake pearl probably a sick route runner <laughs> what do you think probably honestly when i saw
0: his um his post i thought he was transferring <laughs> so i'm like oh cool and i didn't read it <laughs> wow <clears throat> sorry sorry pearl family
1: um, okay, there's only like four senior bowl acceptances since the last 30 that we did on last show. Um, four defensive ones. Coastal Carolina defensive lineman Teron Jackson. Probably talk about him a little bit more in a bit. Uh, Texas defensive lineman Taquan Graham. And Georgia corners, DJ Daniel and Mark Webb. Rob, which one is the coolest? I actually think DJ Daniels is a very... like. If he was at almost any other program in the country, he'd be talked about a little bit more. He just happens to play on Georgia where like six of their DBs are going to get drafted. Yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to see him. I think he's one of the best senior corners in the country. Um, It's a great opportunity for Teron Jackson, obviously Coastal coming off the huge win over BYU where their defensive line was a massive reason they won that, that game for sure uh so i'm excited to see him he's he he's a bit of a, he he's a bit of a tweener um so it'll be it'll be fun I plus i'm gonna be so happy to see the chanticleers helmets uh in mobile <laughs> that's, that's a good point yeah i think jackson
0: is the coolest of the bunch um and yeah like you said higher level competition it was that's a very good offensive line in byu and he, he had a really good game um and yeah tweener but like he's kind of like he he does. He's not heavy, but he's thickly built. He's he's kind of an interesting frame. Yes. So
1: yeah. Yeah. He's it. a little shorter.
0: Yeah. Like well, I think he's listed what like six two 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 in the two mm-hmm. two 250? So uh, yeah, maybe a little smaller than that in height. Maybe a little thicker than that, to be honest. But
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a uh, big opportunity for him down in Mobile. Um. Okay. Let's jump into it. Week thirteen. NFL Drafts, prelude it's been the weirdest year of our of our lives. Um, obviously, normally, this wouldn't have been just a regular week of games. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really throwing me is, off. Yeah, I, I know it was, AJ. But you've pushed through. You've done a good job this year. Pat on the back, eh? <laughs> Thank you. You've done an okay job this year. I know, I've dropped the ball in recent weeks. <laughs> it's all the names I have to name off the senior bowl. Also, did you see uh, this morning... Jim Harbaugh's eyeing the NFL. Good. I'm happy. Him and Jim Nagy are going to go to Detroit. I am... I'm feeling it. I'm getting uh, excited. Yes.
0: I hope it happens so badly.
1: Um, but yes. So week 13, normally not a regular week. It was this week. Week 14, it's going to be a regular <laughs> week as well. Uh, pretty great. Uh, I mean, it is more college football. And, and week 15... Where we're getting all the championship games and then all these random extra SEC games that were postponed. Like, that's going to be fun. I am upset that there is NFL on that day. It's very annoying. I don't know it why is they very did annoying. it. You, you, brought, you brought that to me earlier in the year. And I, I kind of turned my nose at you and said, hey, AJ, let's not complain. It's football. But in retrospect, you're correct. It's <laughs> Like, I don't want to be half giving my attention to the NFL game during the fucking Big 12 championship. Yeah, and at, what is it, like,
0: Denver-Buffalo or something at 4 o'clock? It's not good.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know, not great games. Not, like, if if you could only watch the championship game or the NFL, you uh, if you're a real football fan, you're watching the championship
0: yeah, game. Yeah, 100%. And then it's like... It's like I have to watch the NFL game, but I don't really want to. <laughs> it sucks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's the worst. Um, but I'm getting excited. I'm getting all jazzed up. Big Ten championships going to let Ohio State play no matter what. <laughs> so I'm jazzed up. <sighs> okay. Best freshman you saw in Week 13. Uh, I'm going to
0: start with... Who someone in your replies or quote to Wheat said is the best running back in all of college football? <laughs> tank, tank, tank Bigsby from Auburn, who is not the best running back in all of college football, but he's very good. And wrong. he's wrong. And he's just a freshman, and he didn't get the ball until the second quarter, I think, coming off uh, coming off
1: being dinged up. I go ahead. I I, I uh, sometimes I question Auburn's ability to get the ball into their best playmaker's hands really you do why would that be i do i'm <laughs> gonna go out on a stand and i'm gonna say it <laughs> yeah no they're uh, they don't do a good job
0: too often down there but hey uh they hung around they didn't cover that fucking spread for me in the in our show though those assholes that light like, field goal did them in but uh <laughs> big still looked really good he looked like a damn stud and um I mean, he's clearly their guy going forward, and they got another season of Bo Nix. Hopefully they run him more because that clearly works. But uh, I want to see what – maybe they get their shit together next year, Rob, and figure
1: this out. Um, I don't think so, but <laughs> think so Bo, Bo- Nix, if, if they just committed to running the offense they ran at Auburn when Nick Marshall was there with Bo Nix, I think they would just do better, right? Like Bo Nix is a very good athlete. Yeah,
0: and I mean honestly, and like you got Schwartz for the deep shots; he's built for that. And you got Seth Williams for the possession game; he's built for that. It's almost like it's perfectly built for that uh that
1: scheme. But nope. Well, especially next year when I'm assuming neither Schwartz or Williams will be there anymore, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have this all SEC type running back in Tank Bigsby, who I also put here, um, Bo Nix, who. Like once in a while he'll make a pretty cool throw, but most of the time it's horrible. Yep. But when he runs, it's wicked. Um, and then the their three hundred pound tight end who would be a great blocker in this in, in, in a run heavy zone option offense. <sighs> give us give us the job. <laughs> we should, I mean, if we were born in Arkansas, I'm sure Gus Malzahn would have hired us by now. That's a good point. Alas, we were uh, nice. You weren't, I was. Um, moving on to another... I, I'm very running back heavy this week for both my freshman and sophomore. Uh, and here comes the running back train, actually, oh, right yeah. into town. Yeah, baby. Um, Bajon Robinson, who I, I've mentioned in previous weeks because of the flashes, but this week... It was finally like everything you'd heard about him as a five-star as a lot of the recruiting people had said that if anyone's going to be just a dominant true freshman, this is the guy. Texas had struggled to get him touches consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Tom Herman should be fired, but yeah, against K-State, and still, against K-State, just nine carries, but he turned it into 172 yards and three touchdowns. He is six foot 222 at 18, and... Like, just a monster when it comes to um, running behind his pads. And he's twitched up as hell. I think Bajon Robinson, if Texas gets the right head coach in there, could be the next great Texas running back. Whoa.
0: No, that's fair. He's he's very good. Uh, I'm going to go with running back again and stick in that Auburn-Texas A&M game and uh, go with Devon Ashane. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. The other, other Texas A&M running back who isn't a big boy like Bajan. He's only 5'9", 185, but he's got some big time juice, man. It's like instant acceleration. Yeah, nine carries, ninety nine yards. It, it, his juice looks legit, and with all those running backs uh, there, man, they're they're first of all they're recruiting running backs amazing. Apparently, Jimbo knows what he's doing, um, <laughs> and and they they look like they're deadly in the years to come with that with that backfield.
1: Yeah, that, I, I think that's obviously the Texas A&M defense has carried them through a lot of this season. And Kellen Bond gets a lot of attention. Yeah. Isaiah Spiller gets a lot of attention. But, like, Jalen Watermeyer, who I'll talk about in a bit, is a stud. Anya Smith, also a stud. This kid out of nowhere, yeah, another running back stud. Like, he's recruited top 10 classes, like, I'm pretty sure every season he's been there. And it's now finally all starting to come together. Obviously, they're ranked fifth. Um whether whether they're a little overrated or not, I'm not sure. But the like they're going to start putting guys in the NFL, and I think Jimbo is finally maybe not living up to his contract because it's a ridiculous amount of money. But um, I'm sure the people in College Station are are getting getting hopeful yeah, that, that this team could eventually make the playoffs.
0: What do they call the, office, the offensive line, the Maroon Goons or something? They, the broadcast was talking like how, Yeah, how, their, their offense. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, their offensive line's really underrated.
0: Yeah, and they were talking on the broadcast about how pretty much all of them will be in an NFL camp, which is... Uh, yeah, like yeah.
1: Carson, Carson Green and Dan Moore, their tackles, I think. but Carson Green, I think, could be a late... Uh, Risers through the draft process, the right tackle. Interesting. Uh Um, I'll give you one more running back, Diamante Treanum or whatever. There was some state freshman who we saw play a month ago, and then we didn't see play again until late on uh, Saturday night against UCLA. Uh, the, 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 The devil's lost, but their running back duo is really, really fun. And this guy was a big recruit. And he's well built, um, well, to say the I least. I think he, he was their, <laughs> yeah. I think he he was their uh, their top recruit in this past class, and in, in, through two games, he's he's been a, a stud and kind of like the engine that makes their offense go. Um, him and and Rashad White, the other running back, who who's a a JUCO transfer, um, but he just runs so freaking angry.
0: I love him. He he was my favorite player when they played USC. And then it was, he, he's like a 5'11", 230 or something like that. The the D-train, yeah. as we like to call him here. Uh, yeah, I, I I love him. Um, <laughs> I'll throw one more uh, skill position guy at you. Uh, for TCU, Quentin Johnson, who's a true freshman, four-star wide receiver. Uh, he's big. He's 6'4", 193. He's, he's long, he's wiry, and he's leggy as hell. Um, had three catches, 114 yards this week. Uh, got some hops to him, like had a nice two point conversion uh, on a fade route where he kind of levitated for a second. The ball wasn't that high, but uh, interesting guy to keep your eye on. Um, I don't know if he's gonna fall into that more, uh, like you know, like you, when there's a big receiver, sometimes they just fall into the like some you'll you'll fall in love with them, but they're not that good. Or if he's gonna really emerge, but being a big recruit, I, I think the chance for the latter
1: is uh is there hell yeah okay I'm gonna keep the running back trend going as we shift to the sophomores um every week there are two running backs who are true sophomores that you could put here Brees Hall for Iowa State Isaiah Spiller for Texas A&M they both did it once again um that Cyclones win over West Virginia was really a statement game. Mm-hmm. They just ran through them like there were nothing, and I thought it was going to be a close game. I took West Virginia plus points. Me too. Um, that West Virginia defense that is was the best in the conference just got f- destroyed by Matt Cam- Matt Campbell and Co. Um, Hall ran for ninety seven, at fifty six through the air. His first touchdown where it was a run up the gut, and there was a ton of traffic, and he was just like. He broke a tackle and then kind of snuck behind the blocker's cut, right, and ran the rest of the defense for the touchdown. He looked so NFL-ready there. I mean, I was thinking about it last night. He, I I know running backs don't win the Heisman, but he should be at least a top-five finisher at this point, right?
0: Yeah, he should. And, I mean, I think another broadcast had him, like, top-four, which is a little wild. But, no, he, he he's definitely up there.
1: And then with Spiller, he he gave 120 to an Auburn defense that has got a a handful of NFL guys in it. Um, and meanwhile, Aeneas Smith, the other the, the kind of their chess piece, 98 yards mm-hmm. and just 11 touches. Those two, are, I'm so excited to evaluate Aeneas Smith next year because he's that he's like my favorite type of running back. Yeah. And those two are just so ridiculously talented. Meanwhile, I'm just gonna keep going here, AJ. Their tight end, Jalen Weidermeyer, was, I think, the best player on their offense. Eight catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. The the second touchdown came uh, when Zacoby McLean should have intercepted it, and Weidermeyer showed off awesome concentration to, um, to, to catch the tip ball for a touchdown. It's crazy that I think their three best offensive players are all true sophomores.
0: Yeah, I mean, Weidermeyer was he's 6'5", 265. He moves awesome. His, his route running is already pretty good. I I honestly I think he could play in the NFL tomorrow. Like he, he he looks pretty fucking. He looks already there. Like he's gonna go really high next year. He he'll probably be tight end one. Um, I, I like Watermeyer a lot, and the more I watch him, the more he just
1: he's just a stud. Well, you you and I have both talked about how we generally aren't big into Texas M because they're generally overrated. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, I don't think either of us like dislike Jimbo, but neither of us love Jimbo. But I, I, these three have like kind of transformed it, and we, we like this Aggies team. I do, I do, and I,
0: like again, it's it's the '90s throwback style Unis, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like this AM team. Um, a team I don't like, but I'll give them two sophomores, baby. Uh, the poor Vols of Tennessee—they got two good sophomores on the squad, though. First, uh, another running back, Eric Gray who I think we've talked about before uh, here in sophomore, who not a spectacular game or anything. He had 47 yards on 12 carries and then 46 on 7 catches and a touchdown. But he was the only player doing anything on that Tennessee offense. And, um, again, we we know Tennessee can produce running backs. The question is uh, how productive are they at Tennessee, which luckily for the running backs uh, doesn't matter in the NFL. But he definitely looks like – Uh, He's got that. He's next in line to be uh, better in the NFL than he is at Tennessee,
1: but he's still good. And then on. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. Oh. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, he's he's a guy who's totally been. Anytime you watch Tennessee's awful offense this year, and Jake Guantara, I can't say his last name, just throwing interception after interception. um, Eric Ray's the guy who always stands out and looks like he's NFL ready as a true sophomore. Sophomore class at running back is wicked. Very much so. It's deep and top heavy. Um,
0: Defensive side, I've talked to him a couple of times. I can't say his name. Henry Tuatoa? I don't know. The, the linebacker. He's he's a stud, man. Eight tackles, two and a half TFLs. Um, just uh, it was a lot of, like, as they do, a lot of just short routes for Florida, crossing routes. And he was eating up a lot of them. I mean, Florida offense still was great. But every time anything came over the middle, uh, Henry just – big big Henry T just absolutely mauled it. He, he's like a sweeper for that Tennessee D. Yeah, I uh, – I get, like, he's well-built, but, yeah, he, he's definitely going to be a really interesting prospect next year.
1: Yeah, he's, like, the type of guy who 30 years ago would have been, like, a top-ten pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, I still think he'll be, like, very much in the linebacker conversation.
1: He's, he, yeah, no, 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 he's a really great player, and I think he's one of the best run-defending uh, linebackers in mm-hmm. the country, the way he diagnoses and makes plays. Um. Okay, let's, oh, actually, I got one more tight end. Um, Alabama's Julio Billingsley, I mentioned him a little bit last week, he had, even, had an even bigger game against LSU, 68 touchdown, he just moved so well for a tight end, and you can kind of feel that next year their, their, their offense is going to lose a lot, but it's going to be Bryce Young coming in with John Mechie, Julio Billingsley, and probably still producing 40-point games.
0: <laughs> Very much so. Uh, and I just want to reiterate, we got a tight end renaissance
1: going on right now, baby. Hell yeah. Okay, for Weekday Warrior, we had like a bunch of the games canceled, but we still got a weird one in Boone, North Carolina. uh, As Louisiana took App State down 24-21, despite four horrible snaps from their long snapper. Um, The long snapper single-handedly kept App State in the game. Very much, Um, yeah. The, the Raging Cajun ended up winning. Billy Napier not taking that South Carolina job. Shane Beamer is. We will do our classic coach carousel show later in the year. Um, but I, I I think my first weekday warrior is Appalachian State linebacker Trey Cobb, who you said this, early, I think, in the at some point in the first half while we were watching this, um, that the App State defense is really fast. The whole team is fast. Yeah, like... The and to me Cobb stood out the most. They really shut down Louisiana's run. And by the way, it was raining, so <laughs> Levi Lewis couldn't do a whole lot through the air. Um, but obviously Louisiana's got two NFL level running backs. Yep. And App State shut them down in yep. the first half. And I th- like Trey Cobb was flying around the field a little under size. Obviously last year they had Akeem Davis Gaither. He he's kind of in the same same similar frame to him where he's like 6'1", 220. Um, but yeah, he he stood out to me the most, um, at least in the first half of this one.
0: I uh, hey, I'm glad you went up stakes. I'm going ULL and on defense again. Their edge, uh, Chauncey Manack, who kind of a tweener in between size, six three two fifty one. Um, he so what six tackles, a sack, two TFLs. I thought he probably outplayed the ba- that box score too. Um, dominated in stretches for that ULL defense. Uh, interesting guy really out of nowhere could have easily been an out of nowhere prospect if this game was on a on a Saturday but but thank god it was on a Friday night and we got to witness it in, in all of its glory um by the way first of all I also want to gripe about App State was actually minus three but we had UL like plus uh minus like six or I did at least so this really fucked me for our, for our spreads later but whatever at least uh Chauncey went out there and looked really really interesting and he's a senior so he'll well I fuck he might not be in the draft but uh interesting sleeper guy
1: um okay do you have anybody else for that or you want to just jump into best prospect where we can just talk about devonta smith again
0: yeah i literally only put devonta smith for best prospect i thought he deserved to be alone
1: that's what i'm pretty sure we've said the last several weeks so i put more than just him but uh yeah 231 yards three touchdowns the third the most spectacular with the one-handed uh in the back of the end zone he was, first of all, Steve Sarkeesian is an offensive genius. I don't care. I, I remember tweeting earlier in the season that something about how he should have a head coaching opportunity. Some, somebody <clears throat> tried to call me out for that. Um, that it may be a couple more years. Fuck that. Steve Sarkeesian, if he if he wants a head coaching job in college football, I think he deserves one. The way he has um, kind of married the scheme to the talent has been so impressive. Like Devonta Smith, on that first touchdown, uh, on that switch concept between, uh, I think it was him and Mechie, like the the corners had no idea what was going on. Yeah, like both Stingley and Cordell flat like ran into each other. Devonta Smith ends up with the touchdown, and it just happened throughout. Um, I, I I just I think like Sarkeesian, whether or not he takes a head coaching job this year, I, I don't know because of all the circumstances. But I I think he's done more than enough to kind of rehabilitate his image. Yeah, no, that's right. I've seen like
0: some people. I, I don't know if it's a criticism, but a bit of a knock that maybe he needs the top end talent to run this offense. Uh, I,
1: I've also I I saw that too, and, and I think that's got to be that. I mean, it's true to some extent. Yeah, but if he takes an SEC head coaching job, unless it's Vanderbilt, he's going to be able to recruit. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, for sure. I, so, I I I I totally get where you're coming from. I, I I agree that I don't know if it's this year, but no, um. When you're when you're doing this at Alabama and it's Alabama, you're going to get another chance, uh, whether whether you like it or not. Um. Anyways, back on Smith, like you said, it, it was just it was fucking ridiculous. And again, it's just it, he makes everything look way too easy. Like it's it's the things he's doing is crazy and they look so easy. And he's just so smooth. And he's another guy like like Justin Jefferson we talked about. Doesn't lose speed through his entire route into out in and out of breaks. He's not losing speed. He's I don't know, man. He's like the complete package right now, and I uh, I know people are kind of annoying to him this week. And I th- I say, well, he's not going lower than sixteen or whatever. Um, he might be the first wide receiver off the board, and I think he deserves to be.
1: I try to say that last week. You came out with Jalen Waddle again. That's all you ever say back. Jalen Waddle, Rob. Um, I, hey, but people are, forgetting are you finally admitting. But are you finally admitting Devonta Smith's very much in the conversation to be the first wide receiver off the board?
0: Yeah, I said he was last week. I just didn't think he was. Um, but yeah, he's in the conversation, of course.
1: Um, In four less games this year, he already has more catches, yards, and touchdowns than last year. Uh, I think he has solidified himself as one of the greatest receivers in college football history. Obviously, as a freshman, he had the, the game-winning yeah. touchdown in the national championship. Um, he was the best receiver on the team last year mm-hmm. with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy there. And he's better this year. Um, I, I, like, I feel bad for Elijah Moore because Devonta Smith is <laughs> so obviously going to win the Bolitnikoff despite Elijah Moore having a kind of a Bulletnikoff worthy type season. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing you can point out is that he is a little bit wiry, yeah. which... I bet I bet he ends up at one eighty by the combine, so it won't even, like we'll we'll forget about that. Give Devonta Smith the Heisman. Honestly, why not? I
0: mean, look, like, really, uh, like yeah, Trask had a good year, whatever. And Mac Jones is getting him the ball, but um, <laughs> you watch you watch Mac Jones, and you're like you're coming away like he's having a great year, obviously. But Devonta Smith is way more impressive. Um, right now, I would Devonta give, Smith should be. I would give Dev, him the Heisman right Devonta now.
1: Devonta Smith is. Devonta Smith should be uh, like uh, at least top five, right? I don't know. I said that about Brees Hall too, though. <laughs> he should be after whatever
0: quarterbacks you have,
1: but I would. It's give gonna it be to Trask him. Mac. It's gonna be Trask Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, Brees Hall. Uh, probably Trevor Lawrence. and Trevor. Lawrence. That should, that's gonna be top five. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. I also put Najee Harris here. Yep. Just because he, it just looks every week. It looks like he's just playing high school teams. The way he bounces off tackles, and he, he looks like Derrick Henry to some extent. Um, just gashing defenses, 145 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's probably gonna finish top ten in the Heisman. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think probably the most impressive thing about him is that at 230 pounds, he is so explosive out of cuts. Yeah. His first touchdown he, he it was glorious the way he exploded it out of a cut and then just bounced off with, uh, a couple tackles. Every week he does that. He, he in 9 games he has 20 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> like if this If Najee Harris was part of the Alabama offense Derrick Henry was part of like Najee Harris would probably been the Heisman. Yep. It's just the the offense has changed so much since those days. Um he he's really like him and Travis Etienne are just two, two of the best college running backs in, in college football history.
0: Fair enough, and I mean, I I put him shooting up the board. I uh, I think someone's gonna fall for him like earlier than they should. Maybe I I am not gonna be shocked if he ends up as a first round pick. Honestly, well, no no one would be
1: shocked. He probably
0: will. You think he's gonna go in the first round? Before you said he wouldn't. That's a hot
1: take that you think like that. You've said on the it show. He's not go like the like I? I wouldn't take a running back in the first round. No, I know. But he's like in. He's in most mock drafts first rounds. I really. I, so I don't So it's like not a too too much. It's not. I Buccaneers fans want him. Steelers fans want him. He's a him and Travis Santian. They're. Usually between pick 25 and
0: 32. I see one of them maybe. I rarely do see both, and I think they, they both would go. I. It's just, uh, yeah, someone's going to fall for him. I mean, I'm not saying this is a hot take. I'm just <laughs> – because it's not, obviously. Someone's going to fall for him is all I'm saying.
1: Um, I, I think uh, both him and Travis Etienne might end up with Higher grades than any running back in last year's class for me.
0: I, me too. But I, I'm, I, because I wasn't super high in the class. Like I liked the whole group as a whole, but they were like all in the. I think Swift was my only first round grades
1: to be honest, and then Edwards Alaire uh, close to I, one. I think so for me as well.
0: Just off the top of my head. Um.
1: um yeah. But 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 before we move on to this, we we. we we get so distracted by the Devonta Smiths and the Najee Harris of the world. And you absolutely love Mac Jones and said Mac Jones is QB two. So we're always talking Alabama's playmakers. We got to give some respect that Alabama offensive line just dominated.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, Hey, we, we saw uh, Dickerson being, being talked about as a first round guy now, all of a sudden. Uh, (laughs) And we, uh, Brown and lots of love for him. Um, Wow, what's what's the tackle's name? I'm blanking now.
1: Alex Leatherwood. Thank Jesus you. Christ. Sorry, fuck you, man. You're paid to do this. I f- I, paid don't, to do I this. don't see
0: any goddamn money in my hand. Uh, Leatherwood like it feels like his stock's been slowly slipping, but for no real reason.
1: It's almost like just because, like I said, how all these other Alabama guys are getting the attention. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Leatherwood's also has has the the weird kind of draft negative effect of if you've been all around a long time mm-hmm. you, you're just kind of pushed aside in the conversations and like you mentioned Lyndon Dickerson's the hot name this this last two weeks or so uh on the Alabama offense um that like yeah I don't know you're not really seeing Leatherwood mentioned with the like the group after like the Dara song. Yeah. Um, Samuel Cosme group, right?
0: Yeah. And I, I, I know there is some whether like some question if he's a tackle or a guard, but I think when it mm-hmm. all comes back around, he's gonna be right up there with them. It's it's like you said, you kinda when you're around for so long, one you kinda get forgotten about two, people like to poke holes and when you're on that Alabama offense, uh and it's not ten years ago, you get ignored when you're when you're in offensive alignment. <laughs> Remember ten years ago when DJ hey. flew here was the star of the show for Alabama? <laughs>
1: T.J. Fluker was a uh, a monster. Hey, he's still playing. He's still kicking around for the Ravens. Yep. Um, and then Deontay Brown just—he seems like the Damian Lewis of this class.
0: Yeah. No, that's a that's a good, good little comparison there.
1: Also, I, I dug into Lennon Dickerson a little bit more after all the buzz started happening, and I I think he is what some people thought Josh Myers was interesting but the, the the Josh Myers fans are still very much out there you're
0: you're the you're the one trying to buck them.
1: <laughs> i just don't think like like both him and dickerson are huge like dickerson's 6'5 325 mm. former five star um and just an absolute monster as a power run blocker um i i think he's just he does, like when you if you put them side by side like he is so much better at the thing you want Josh Myers to be great at. Like, Josh Myers, I don't think is as powerful, doesn't play with as, as great leverage, isn't as athletic either. Like, um, I think Dickerson's athleticism is really underrated for such a large center. But uh, anyway, I don't know if he'll end up in the first round after watching. him. Like, I don't have a first-round grade on yep. him right now. Um, but it, the, the center class, and we talked about this, the center class is pretty cool. I don't know, like, Creed Humphrey's not even mentioned or know, that much. Like, Creed Humphrey's can go top 100, but I don't think any center's going into the first round. Like, when Garrett Bradbury went in the first round, he was such a rare thing. Just with the athleticism, his ability to thrive in his own system. yet he He's actually having a, a, a very nice bounce-back year, too, uh, in Kubiak's system. For so. sure, but still uh, not the greatest year. like But big bounce-back, well, definitely. No, 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 because pa- 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 his pass protection is still an issue, yes. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's jump to shooting up the board. board. You said you put Najee Harris here. Um, do you think there's any way Harris goes above Etienne?
0: Yeah, I think there's a chance. I don't I wouldn't right now. Uh I don't I don't think it's a big chance, but I think there is a chance.
1: I like they're both going to test well. Um and it, I think if if it's compare like very comparable testing and then you you look at Harris Harris at 62230. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like he's he he's like the one of the most underrated pass catching running backs in a while too. Like he's a great pass catcher. Yeah, they haven't done it too much this year. But
0: remember, remember down the stretch last year, they kept going to Harris in the pass game. Yep. And it was like holy shit, eye opening for sure.
1: I just want him to end up with Arthur Arthur Smith. I think that's
0: all any <laughs> of us want. I know. Uh, what what do you think Harris runs? I saw this on the old Twitter machine, the the old forty pull, But what, where do you think he's running for? Uh, yeah. <sighs>
1: I don't want to say any slower than four five five, but I don't think he like. Do you think he's sub four five?
0: No, I think he's in the four five to four five five range. I totally agree.
1: Okay, so we're about the same. Okay, yeah. Did Do people think he'll test run faster than? No, that? No, that's. I
0: think that that's pretty much where everyone felt like, or on the poll at least. Um, I, I I saw a couple. Travis Etienne is going to be interesting. I I think he's four four is, probably like uh, probably like four 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 or something
1: like that. In my opinion. And and to me, that's what. Even if you ended up with the same grade on them film wise, mm-hmm. that's why Atiyah would go above him, right? Because he's just such a twitchy athlete and erases angles. Yeah, no, definitely. Um,
0: my top guy shooting up the board, who's uh, maybe not shooting up the whole year, but like he, he's hung around and. Uh, the safety for T- TCU, who I, we were both big fans of in the summer, Trevon Morig. who bingo, bingo, bango,
1: bango, bingo, bingo, bingo. <laughs> Hell yeah! How how
0: happy are we? Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, he, a lot of people have hit him hit him as the top safety in the in the class, and I mean the, he looked like it this week. Um, I mean, first mm-hmm. of all, we know he's a, he's big and long, and he can play that center field position. And what what two two. I think like two or three past def- defense. Uh, one maybe was the diving catch, but and then <laughs> the one PB was awesome deep deep down the field where he broke on it and got there. And then the one handed juggling interception. And on top of that, yep. I just loved he was talking shit the whole game. I, I love that attitude out of a deep. Yes, I love him. I love him.
1: Yeah, it what was what um uh, the I think the the. Um, at the, at the end of the game, when Spencer Sanders yep. ran uh, a, a, and um, St- Morrie yeah. hit him out at like the one, and they had to review it all that. Yeah, he was talking shit to like seven guys on <laughs> Oklahoma State <laughs> doing yeah. that. And that and then obviously he comes away with the, the one-handed interception to seal essentially seal the win for TCU, the upset win. Um, that that right there, like you show me that, I'm fucking banging the table for yeah, him. It I me. totally. I think in the summer, you, you and I both have a tendency to absolutely fall in love with guys who play single high, and that can burn us. Yes, but it it, it like it did not burn us here. No, he has been the the safety class is. There's a lot of guys I like, but I, I like not a lot of guys where you're like this guy is a first round safety, right? Like it, it's it's more of a deep class than it is the, the, like um, top heavy. I think we talked about like obviously Javon Holland opted out and Cyril Dean's been injured. Yeah, um, Cisco got hurt. Like lots of guys got hurt and or uh, opted out. This is the one guy who I think can sink into the back end of the first round because of that range, because of not only the instincts in coverage, but he's he's willing to lay the wood. Yeah. Um, he you, you talked about the length and the size. Like he's got it all as long as he tests well. Like he he's I don't know he. I I I just I don't know if I'm just falling in love with another single high guy, but everybody seems to be on the same page with him at this point. And you saw yesterday as everyone was watching this game that like he's the only safety anybody thinks can go in the first round. Yeah,
0: exactly. And like the, like you just said, the complete package is there for him to be a first round pick. Um, and I I, I don't. But think hey, it,
1: go ahead. People forget D'Angelo Amos is at Virginia now, and he's also six single high safety. I, I know
0: hey that that one didn't burn us too much either we we he's at virginia that's that's cool um (laughs) uh yeah and like like you said the it's gonna come down to testing but it's not like he looks like a bad athlete at all so
1: no 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 like i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't run incredible like like straight line but i don't know he looks so good he does that, also, I like that TCU. Like half the other guys in the TCU secondary, too. Yeah, like I, not even just their Darius Washington. They're, I know. Like the whole secondary talks a lot of shit and gets their hands on a lot of balls, but <laughs> I the know. team sucks.
0: It, it feels like like I've not I've not tuned into too much TCU, but like early in the year, um, I forget the other name of the uh, one of the other DBs popped, and then another one popped what? yesterday. Yeah,
1: well, there's Luke Hendrick Van Zant. They all also have crazy yeah, names. They do. And, yeah. and Traver- the, Traverius Hodges Tomlinson. That, that's Tomlinson. He looked of good yesterday. Tra- yeah. On top of Mo Regan and on top of Ardarius Washington.
0: Yeah. who uh, I'll talk Ardarius a little more. I'll touch upon him later.
1: Yeah. Ooh. That's, that could be good or bad, Ardarius. I don't know which. We'll find out. <laughs> He's Stick on the around. edge of his seat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to name a couple of Ohio State guys because obviously. Mm hmm. They're the best team in the country. Um Justin Fields, I thought it was a nice bounce back game, right? It wasn't it's not like he t- torched Michigan State through the air. He also he he uses he defaulted to his legs a lot because they were without four starters on the offense or three starters on the offensive line, a backup tackle, who would and their starting. left guard had to move to yeah, and their left guard had to move to center and was not giving <laughs> Fields a ton of great snaps. Um, but I, I, just thought the way he kind of remained calm every time there was an off snap or a play that wasn't lowered. The pressure was on under him. It was impressive. He, he seems so mild mannered and controlled and poised all the time. He ended up throwing two touchdowns, running for two more, uh, really accurate. Uh, the, the one Garrett Wilson touchdown pass on the right sideline yeah. where he lofted it over the defender. I thought that was a great throw. Yeah. Um, he obviously he had his, his the worst game of his career against Indiana um and then on top of like Zach Wilson playing so well uh Justin Fields kind of you started to see this Zach Wilson passing Justin Fields type thing uh and, and people on draft twitter kind of questioning Justin Fields more than they had been and so did he really shoot up the board probably not but i think he confirmed he's 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 the second best quarterback in this class in terms of talent.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just – it's draft Twitter into the quarterback position. People like to uh, be very reactionary. Um, you know where I put Justin Fields uh, as my alt pick, actually, uh, with with Jack Wilson, coincidentally? Uh, I put him for uh, for, for outplay the box score for all the reasons you mentioned because it, it was like – it was terrible circumstances for Justin Fields. It was fielding, no pun intended, all those wild snaps – and he was just making plays out of nothing where like the play was already broken and he's see, well, he's still getting the read there, but then he's he's keeping it and making those long runs. Plus the, the, the Trace Sermon touchdown where he first he looks like he runs a four two or, oh, or yeah. Sermon is slow. I don't know what's going on. And he got down there and threw the block. That was awesome. He's definitely faster than Sermon. He is, yeah, for sure. I I feel like Trey Sermon probably runs a four six. Yeah, poor poor Trey Sermon. But I feel like I I honestly I think that's an element of Justin Fields that that's been I don't want to say forgotten obviously, but like underappreciated how great of an athlete he is. Like, and it's not yeah because like,
1: he hasn't had to use it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like people forgot, but it's just it's just don't forget that he he is a fucking awesome athlete too. Um, it it kind of felt like a Trey Lance game <laughs> this this week, but. Yeah, no. So I just thought all that considered, uh, it was a great
1: performance. Um, I also put his teammate Chris Olave to rebounded from an early drop and two fumbles to finish with 139 yards and touchdown. Um, The touchdown. It was awesome. It was just. It was such. It was so perfect. It was teaching tape. Just the hesitation release, breaks to the outside wasn't the, like wasn't a bad throw from Fields, but it wasn't on the money. Yep. Does a great job adjusting, tracking, and and making a play on it. And that's just Chris Olave. He's not gonna he's not gonna run like a four th- three five or anything. He's not the biggest dude, but it's his release repertoire and his route running mm-hmm. that make him such a a pro ready prospect. I I don't think he'll end up going in the first round. Me neither. Um, because of those other things, but I I do think he can be that. That, that guy who goes in, on in the second round and has an immediate impact, and everyone's like, "Oh, why did we let him slide?" <laughs> and it's because I don't want to say things like size and speed are overrated, but maybe it's a release. The release game and the red running are underrated. And in his release, I'm obsessed with releases. Like it's my one of my f- five favorite things about football is receivers with sick release repertoires. That's why I love Stefan Diggs. That's why I love Devonte Adams. And and Chris Olave's in that. In that like realm of that's his game, and that's what makes him so successful.
0: Yeah, and that, that touchdown was, on, like you said, uh, tr- tracking the ball, adjusting to it, and it wasn't a comfortable catch either. I, I had to fight through some contact there. So, yeah, that was a terrific play. And if size and speed were overrated, uh, DK Metcalf would have been a top 15 pick like he should have been. So
1: I don't understand how the NFL evaluates receivers. How about that?
0: They they pick and choose. I think that's, that's what we've come to. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I also I'll, I also put Haskell Garrett here. Me too. Me too. <laughs> the, pick
0: the pick six, six maybe. three
1: tackles. I I almost think you could put him for outplayed the box score. I didn't because of the pick six. Yeah, but like he's been in an interior defensive line group that hasn't had a lot of dudes. He's been that guy as a senior yeah. who's really taken a big step up, like Devon Hamilton did for Ohio State last year. And uh, he he's playing himself in that top one hundred conversation. Yeah, and it was kind of from the from the first snap of the year. It kind of felt like
0: okay, Hassel Garrett's is yeah. come to play this year. Uh, def, definitely agree. Uh, I'll mention one of one of my guys, and I mean he's he's a lot of guys, guys, but Kadarius Tony, another awesome game. Uh, eight catches, one hundred eight yards, a touchdown. He's uh, from the, from the first snap of the year. He's made a huge leap in route running, obviously. But I think he's getting better and better through the weeks, and it's just I think his feels for routes is getting better, and just just the the way he's getting open, uh, finding the soft spots in the zone. Um, I think that's all super impressive. And then plus he's still a yak machine, and his hands are pretty good. And uh, I, I, I love Kadarius Tony. I there's a, I think there's a lot of people on the Tony train right now. I don't know how high he's gonna go. And it, it, you want to find the right home for him, as you do with any every prospect, but for especially for a guy that, that that's going to not just be tossed in as a, you know, oh, you're just our wide receiver too now. No, you want to use him in the right way. Um, utilize the skill set. I, I, So I don't know how he's going to go, but
1: I, I, I love him so much. I love that you love him. Uh, he's going to be a Seahawk. Don't you worry, AJ. Um, <laughs> but see, they, they wouldn't even use him right. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one last guy. uh from the Pac-12. Coing uh, Dang, the linebacker for mm-hmm. Cal. Um, against Oregon, he, he helped them pull off the upset. Eight tackles, one and a half TFLs, two forced fumbles, one of which came on, on a strip sack. The other came at the end of the game to seal the victory uh, on Johnny Johnson on a crossing route. He's going to be a weird eval because he's so fresh to playing linebacker. Yeah. Obviously, he was originally at, at a junior college to play um, basketball. Um the the junior college uh uh that was on on netflix show i forget what the netflix last show was to called. You. last chance you yeah he was at last chance you the the independence one i think independence kansas yeah um but he he's 6'6 250 and he moves like a basketball player like he flows so well and, and there's a lot like i don't know how like his ceiling is high, but his floor is low. Yeah. You know, like he's a very boomer bust type guy, but seeing him just fly around against Oregon, which is the best team in their conference, uh, or should be the best team in their conference, um, and seeing that size and that length and how he uses it, and the I don't know, I just got all jazzed up. I, it's a really cool linebacker class, and he's a guy who I think is going to test really well, and, and someone's going to someone's going to sell themselves on him
0: i agree with you um I, I i definitely thought he would be a riser in a normal year and it, it kind of just you know it's so fucking weird plus he's playing after midnight every week but so I, I don't think it's there yet but i think he's gonna be a big riser during the process uh because like you said all, all of the all, the whole skill set and the, i think the only thing is that the linebacker class is really good if it, if it was a, a a weak year I think he could be a really, really big-time riser, but I do agree with you that someone's going to fall in love with him.
1: Do you have anybody else for risers, or do you want to get the sliders?
0: No, I'll, throw, I'll throw a quick hitter in here. Uh, I, I, I like Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, the tight end, who wasn't the flashiest game yet. He had 5 catch 54 yards, and a lot of that came early. But he's another guy that just looks the part at tight end. And I, I don't know if he'll come out. He's a junior. Probably shouldn't, but... um. Uh, it's just another guy in that, that old tight end ring. Um, you know what else I, I kind of wanted to talk about is um, Jamie Sherwood, the the Auburn safety. Uh, first of all, we haven't mentioned yeah. it too much. Well, how, how do yeah. you
1: feel about Sherwood? He I saw this take on Twitter, actually, and, and I don't think I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. It was basically Trevon Morrig's the only safety who's in this class who, who can probably go in the first round. Yeah. But if you had to pick a second, it would be Jamie and Sherwood. Yeah. And, it's, he's and I like, think that's because. Go ahead. He's, he's massive and yeah. he's so athletic. Yeah. And he's like quietly and been climbing
0: it, up the board all year. Like, like, like that tweet you just mentioned, six two two twenty. Like he's a big boy.
1: Yeah. And like, I think, Seeing seeing like a guy like Jeremy Chin really does a lot for J- mm. Jamie and Sherwood, right? Yeah, no,
0: that's that's a good a good point. And he had he had eight tackles and a pass defense against Tamu. Um yeah.
1: looked,
0: looked really good. He, um,
1: he, he 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 he's a guy who because Auburn's got other guys who entering the season may be a little bit more club behind their name. I think like after the season ends, he's a guy who's gonna really people at everyone's yeah, gonna start talking yeah,
0: to yeah. I totally agree.
1: Uh, okay, you want to get to sliding
0: down? Sure. Uh, I don't have too many big names here, but I'm, I'll am i start with um, Colby Harvell-Peel. Op- yeah. The Oklahoma State <laughs> That's safety. my number one. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had that one really ugly one where he just got absolutely lost on a deep one, and it was it was a huge play in the game, basically cost him the game. Um, and I just saw on the whole, he didn't look too impressive. And he's had he's had a couple games where he's looked pretty good. I wasn't too hot on him in the summer, um, but I thought it's, it's been a pretty... St- Solid year all around, but then you turn on this game and it it was pretty ugly. Max Duggan's a deep
1: ball artist. (laughs) Max Duggan was so much fun in this game. (laughs) Max Duggan's like one of the weirdest. Well, he had that game against what was it, Kansas, where he went like three for ten, but all three completions were huge touchdown passes. (laughs) He's bizarre. He is bizarre,
0: and it he obviously great with his legs. He's uh he's fun as hell to watch
1: he uh, maybe he'll re- revive TCU next year, yeah. Hopefully, uh, but yeah, Har- Harvel Peel was just torched, yeah. And, and I'm with you, like, I wasn't big big on him, but he's playing pretty well this year. The defense as a whole wasn't mm-hmm. a, a day three type prospect and just get got killed. Um, I'm gonna go to the Stills brothers, yeah, uh, who. I, I spotlighted on our Instagram as two guys uh, who could help West Virginia make it a game against Iowa State, but they didn't. Um, th- th- there was a couple run stops, but pretty much th- were kind of clogged up and moved around for for the most part. And I think their lack of size really came came into focus in this game, Iowa State is a really good physical offensive line, obviously a great running back, and they just struggled to get off blocks and, and couldn't get after Brock Purdy in the passing game and I, neither like, neither looked like a guy, or played like a guy that you'd be really considering in the top 100. Yeah,
0: and you know what, I, I think that's kind of been their whole season, maybe not to this negative extent, but where they're just not flashing like they should, right, and it's like, it's like okay, I can see they're they're, they're solid football players, um, but but nothing worth banging yeah.
1: the table for, and and yeah, like, like you, you watch the god, uh, you watch them and, and they look like oh these guys can play in the NFL, but they're going to be rotational guys, like yeah. depth players, yeah, no for sure, and and like like especially in this
0: class, I, I think I had them here two or three weeks ago, uh, where there's been no one emerging uh you thought they could definitely have a big chance but uh now they kind
1: of uh, dropped the ball a little bit there's it, there's no like at this point i don't feel like there's any way an in interior defensive lineman goes in the first round unless someone just has a belligerent combine
0: yeah yeah one of the, like like barmore one of the, one of those yeah high-end target yeah yeah totally Um, You know what? Fuck. While we're here, I'm sticking with the interior, and this one hurts me because I love him. But I put Kyrs Tonga. I
1: know he had ten tackles, but like two of them were solo. (laughs) I saw that. Uh, (laughs) this morning i'm putting my notes together and like he he was one of my top sliders and i looked at the numbers like it did not feel like he had 10 tackles that's because he was making all the like he was part of the tackles after maribel picked up seven yards (laughs) exactly yeah and he he had that nice pass breakup where, Mm -hmm. where he just almost killed mccall but like other than that like Little Sam Thompson was moving yeah. big Curious Tonga around. I I I think this is the game you look to when you're like, is Tonga, like he's a nose tackle? But maybe he's got a little extra, and in your scout, and you're like, but, I don't know, man, I can't take this guy top one hundred. Yep, I, I
0: think that's exactly ex- very well put, Robert. Um, because like you said, he just getting moved by the smallest offensive line in history, and Tonga's a McThing. big old mauler, and I've liked Tonga all year. I thought he's he's been amazing this year, and. That's I, that's perfectly well put. That like you're gonna throw on this tape when you're deciding whether okay am I gonna I'm gonna pound this table pound the table for this guy and think he's worth that you know one of those comp picks at the end of the third or is he just another nose tackle? Um, and this game falls into that latter category. Um, I, I still like him. I still think he's he adds a little more because there's so many games where he's just getting double or triple teamed and but I I don't know this was this was not a good performance
1: from him at all. Um, I'll give you a, a pair of Pac-12 running backs. Uh, CJ Verdell and Christopher Brown both felt so irrelevant in that Cal-Oregon game. Mm. And, and both defenses played really, really uh, well down the stretch. But like Verdell had six carries for eight yards and like Die was far more effective. Uh, and then Christopher Brown just kind of looked like a jag. Like, I, I like a big running back, but he did not look very explosive and was not um, kind of Breaking through tackles, Noah Suell looked pretty damn good by the way, um but yeah both both those two I just was kind of came away unimpressed like we're, we're trying to see how this um top ten running backs in this class shape up, and neither of them like I really do like Verdell, yeah, and I thought he was a guy who, who who's got a chance to kind of put himself in that top ten conversation, but neither of them got the juices flowing for me. I think this running back class might drop off hard. After like, there's gonna be the Etienne Harris tier, obviously, but then there's gonna be like the kind of Gainwell, Michael Carter tier, and then like to me, there's nobody else who I even, as of right now, who's really getting me thinking they're worthy of a top 100 selection.
0: No, I... maybe
1: oh, Javian Hawkins, maybe maybe Javian Hawkins, I, I your boy. I I do like Javian Hawkins, and he could be
0: like a nice little sleeper. And but like you said, I I think in in a deeper class, he might be a sleeper, but in this class, um. I think he could be a riser in the process. No, that's a good point. Uh, while, while we're in Pac-12 running back corner, I forgot to mention him as a freshman, Ty Jordan, the Utah running back.
1: He's like 5'7", yeah. 200 pounds. I like him a lot. <laughs> he, he, uh, he was their guy last week, too, in the first half before Washington like, shut them down. Yeah. He, he looks like the next Utah back. Yeah, I, I like. he's so small
0: and he's hard to bring down. I, I like him. Um, okay, I'll bring up this guy. I, we just haven't talked about him too much. I don't think he was bad or anything this week, but like – jack Sanborn I I feel like he just hasn't made yeah. the leap that people projected like there's a lot of people before no. the season saying he's gonna be a top 100 guy um and he just hasn't really made that jump and I, I feel like honestly no. yeah. I think I th- go ahead I don't think there's any way he, he's coming out now, yeah. right yeah I
1: totally agree he just
0: like, it's not like he's really sliding it's just he never made the leap that people
1: projected yes yeah and obviously Wisconsin had all these yeah. All the circumstances against them this year, too. Yeah. But, no, I agree. He didn't really stand out in that in, in that uh, Wisconsin-Indiana game. mm mm-hmm. uh, Anyone else here for you? Uh, I'll, I'll go from him to another linebacker. I didn't think Jabril Cox yeah. looked terrific against Alabama. Agreed. Um, he's obviously a really long, athletic guy. You, the projection there is, like, he, he could be a dude in the NFL. And there was a lot of hype with him entering the year as he grad transferred from North Dakota State. He's been one of their best defenders um, on a horrible defense. Mm-hmm. But against Alabama, like he, he, I thought he got really exposed for his inability to stack and shed. We talked about the bam offensive line earlier. They were working him. He, he played better in the second half, but it also felt like Alabama took their foot off the gas a little bit in that yeah. second half. Um, and, and I really think this is a cool linebacker class. He's a cool linebacker in this class. But there's there's a handful of guys who I think have are as much upside but have done more for themselves this year
0: no i think i think that's for sure um yeah well it was definitely not a great game and he like he's been good but he hasn't like wowed me too much this year either to be honest but it's hard it's it's hard to fault because that lsu defense is like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like trying to find a a a jewel in a big pile of poop but yeah i know for sure um (laughs) i'll I'll throw one more here and i I almost don't even want to say his name because uh, i put josh palmer the the Tennessee wide receiver. Oh, no. I know and it's not like he's he's a big up on the board, and I don't know. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have brought this up, but like it's not oh, his fault. The quarterback mistake are so fucking bad. But like in the second half of the year, he was he, first of all in the first half of the of the season, he was he was popping and he looked pretty good, and then just kind of all fell apart. And he just really hasn't showed up. And um, I I still like him, and I think he could be like a a sneaky guy, but um. <laughs> Yeah, just just uh, Tennessee sucks. I, I shouldn't have mentioned him, Rob. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that cut me deep. Our Canadians are not having great years. Don't, eh? don't forget him. Don't forget though. I hate Saint Rock. His high
0: school. So <laughs> oh, I've secretly so, really been yes. a Gans Palmer this whole time. <laughs> John Mechie's our own, the only Canadian we'll claim. And another Brampton guy, baby. Keep on, keep rolling. How many, how many uh, prospects have, has your small town put out, Rob? Exactly.
1: Michael Delzado. So, so, so sick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no one knows who that is that just heard that name.
1: <laughs> hey, he, he had more than a cup of coffee than an NHL. Yeah, but no one
0: listening to this knows hockey.
1: Yeah. Why? AJ always putting down our listeners. That's messed up. It is true. Um, I want to I hear what you think. Is Zach Wilson a slider this week? Okay, I'm glad you brought this up.
0: Rob, you know when I knew where I put him? Outplayed the box score.
1: Okay, I think we're going to have slightly different takes on it, but maybe be, because you're looking at it more from how you thought of him going in, I'm looking at it from more of the angle of this is the, the latest draft Twitter trend of having him be the second overall pick.
0: Okay, I, I think let, let's 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 have this conversation here. And I think that's a good point. I, I think we're going to agree with each other. Um, I, I agree with you. You're right. It's just there was a lot of hype, and I think that that's fair. Um, if looking at it, it under the microscope, though, like there were so many drops for BYU in this game. It was what 19 to 30, and I swear to God, not not many of those 11 throws were actually off the target. Um, the receivers were really bad. Sliding on the board, all the BYU receivers, especially Gunnar Romney, um, but. Like, and, like, the interception was a Hail Mary. Like, it, that's, you know, it's not on him. Like, he wasn't elite. So, I think that's no. fair for you to say sliding down-ish and, like, feels hey, reclaimed. He also, he, also
1: he, he dropped the ball just randomly a couple times.
0: Yeah, but that's that's the Conway drop. It happens to the best of them. Um, <laughs> I think he was still good. And then, like, you still saw, like, the the plays outside the pocket that were awesome and still running the ball. Yeah. Um, uh, but I I think you're you're fair in saying that for like a draft Twitter perspective and and all the hype that there is saying that he's he's sliding I think that's fair too because I'm sure everyone on the machine expected him to go out and light up the the shots. but yeah alas yeah. the black storm was here baby swarm sorry
1: that's the, the <laughs> storm also pretty cool yeah um that that's the other thing it's like you can look at it. It, it really just depends what angle you could argue so many different angles about his performance <laughs> yeah, like, true. to make whatever point you're trying to make um because you can be like oh he he had his worst game of the year against coastal carolina like a g5 sunbelt school well justin fields would have put up seven touchdowns against a g5 but you also have to look at it like coastal carolina's defense is really great we we're probably going to talk a little bit more about them, too. They, they have some guys who are going to at least be in training camps in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, they're phenomenally coached. Their defensive coordinator, if I'm a G5 program looking for a dude, that might be a dude yeah, I'm calling. For sure. um, and, and the other thing is, like Zach Wilson's offensive line didn't play very well. The receivers dropped a lot of balls. Their play calling was a little cocky, I felt, in the first half, at least. Ah, that's a, that's a good point um,
0: with, with the trick plays and shit.
1: Yeah, like, uh, uh, Algier was just, like, huge runs. Why They just got away from it, mm-hmm. and it felt weird. It felt almost like that Trey Lance showcase first half, where they are just <laughs> trying to do too much of Trey Lance. Um, but, so, basically... I I fully think he is clearly going to be a top ten quarterback or top ten pick. Sorry, um, and a top ten. Quarterback. I just think, and a top ten quarterback. I I just think you can also argue. Well, he he didn't play a great game against Coastal. Um, you saw more of his flaws there. There's some very unhinged things that we've seen work against other teams, but not against Coastal. That yeah. near interception, for example, um, and. and if he was playing a even a like a Michigan defense, what would would he be able to do these things? The best defense um, in the country, yeah, right. Um, exactly. So I, 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 basically, my takeaway is: in reality, Zach Wilson's stock has changed zero from this game. Yeah, but if you want to argue it any way you want, you can. It's a good point. And like, you know what I mean? Like you can argue, you can argue he's a slider. You can argue he, like you said, he did outplay the box score. There, I mean, there was that that one throw was insane, where he was rolling to his right and threw right. Uh, I think it was third and fifteen, threw a strike right yeah. back against his body in the numbers of pow. and uh, like like, like there like were five yards you know, from so each
0: other, flat footed,
1: yeah like you can so basically my take is he's not a riser or a slider he remains where he was but you can argue whatever you want <laughs> about this game
0: I think that's a, that's a good take um is is there you mentioned maybe the play calling was cocky do you think they just weren't prepared for this game that's
1: the other thing maybe like coastal just did a better job preparing for the game
0: I, it kind of seemed like it and I mean maybe really? maybe the well, cockiness coastal, went into
1: that too though right and Coastal Co, coastal been preparing to play Liberty. And that's the other thing, like, BYU wasn't supposed to play anybody this week, mm-hmm. so then all of a sudden on Thursday they start preparing to play, where at least with Coastal was preparing to play Liberty, yeah. right? And, like, Liberty has a great quarterback in Malik Willis, and a great play caller in Hugh Freeze, so, you no, know, it's they're not preparing for the same offense, but they were preparing for something, and preparing for a spread, a spread, a, mm-hmm. a versatile spread attack, which, BYU is even more versatile than what Liberty runs. So I think that also goes into it. Also, I mean, like, mullets, man. Like, they're just cool. <laughs> but, yeah, you
0: had that um, perspective on to that, and the, the Zach Wilson fans are going to bring that up. But um, I think I, th- I think that's fair. But I think it's more indictive. Like, it's just it, – I don't know. I shouldn't even be talking about this because it, it's just awesome that they even came to play, the, both teams.
1: Oh, no. That, I, I I think – you you and I generally love wackiness in college football and we love G5 and G5 gets spotlight and things like that. This was, I, I legitimately was my favorite game of the year. I think it was the best football game I've seen this, this year. Um, just everything that went into it, the teal field, Conway at <laughs> night, yeah. the fans of Myrtle Beach. For real. Like the, the way Jamie Chables turned this thing around and it might be back because South Carolina hired Shane Beamer. Um, Grayson McCall is pretty interesting, dude. Like, there's just yep. so much that went into this. It was it was great. I'm just happy it happened. Me too. Okay, it, AJ. It, it felt like a huge game for sure. Yeah, it, was, it, it felt different than like it, the fact that it, I was glued to it over LSU, Bama. Like, it's just, just such a strange year, but the perfect game for this year. Yeah. Um, who's your out of nowhere prospect? Uh, <laughs>
0: this one's kind of funny. Um, I'm going with another a running back from Oklahoma State. Obviously, it's not Chuba Hubbard. It's Desmond Jackson junior there uh i mean he's a little out of nowhere but last week he had 235 yards against texas tech this week he had 118 yards uh he's well built at 511 218 uh, a bit of an upright runner but got some juice to him uh looks he, he was creating a lot more than chuba Hubbard has been this year uh, why am i knocking canadians today rob um, <laughs> i shouldn't be doing that i don't know uh but no uh, desmond jackson uh a bit out of nowhere um a bit interesting too uh, I
1: because ultimate respect to Coastal I put two Coastal players each side of the ball center Sam Thompson who's probably 5'8 <laughs> I don't know what he is I don't know what happens after his, his senior year at Coastal I don't know if he can make it in the CFL I don't know if a switch to fullback would get him a cup of coffee in the NFL <laughs> but I love this guy and I, I think he is the ultimate like player for what this coastal team is. He out leveraged the fuck out of Kyrus Tonga, who's yep. going to be an NFL nose tackle, and that offensive line is hilariously small. And it's a former of small offensive lineman who had to push Nathan Shepard around. It just meant a lot to me.
0: Can I give a quick personal anecdote as well? Um, if you if you allow it, Rob. Yes. So my one year coaching offensive line, we had a a, a big like a prototype. Not, I wouldn't say prototype. It's Canadian high school football. For Canadian high school junior <laughs> football, a prototype tackle, right? Tall, long, had everything. I really wanted to plug him in. Uh, hard to coach, though. Um, but then we had this super – Like he was like 5'5". I plugged him in. Leverage beast, man. His name is Alonzo. He's named after Alonzo Mourning. I couldn't not love him. And he was it was with one of the heart and soul of that off the line. <laughs> he was the best. Just just out leverage everyone. He he must have been five five, five six, and he was just, he was just smoking it. Uh, it was it was the best. And just like the perfect thing, uh, where it's all about heart and leverage, baby.
1: Leverage is king. I also put Jeffrey Gunter, the uh the edge for coastal opposite Teron Jackson. Because mm-hmm. he felt like just the tone setter all game. He 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 was very good for them last year. He's a he's a junior. Um, but over the last two years, 24 and a half TFLs, 10 and a half sacks, he, he's the one people are getting upset about on, on Twitter. Cause after, uh, after the interception, he killed Zach Wilson, uh, which you were coached to do. I love so, it. so I don't think you like, I can get being upset that they did it. First of all, BYU cheap shots the fuck out of people. So like BYU isn't the, the their fans aren't the ones to be complaining. Um, but like. Gunter was clearly the coach to do that, so let's not kill a kid for doing what he's told to do. Um, but he was just energizing that defense all game. He was nonstop. He's 6'4, 260, uh, puts up numbers. I think maybe he's a he's a guy to watch next year. Um Is it junior? Isn't he? Originally amazing? at oh, NC State. Sorry, Rob. I'm sorry,
0: Rob. That's cool. Thanks. Isn't it amazing how many individual Players on that defense, it's even that we've talked about from coastal Carolina because, like, uh, CJ Brewer is awesome too, uh, Gerard Clark is awesome too. <laughs> like, there's a lot of guys on this, and and the, we even the, mentioned the, this. They, week. The,
1: their corner, De, uh, DeJordan Strong, their linebackers Silas Kelly, and Teddy Gallagher. Like, they, it's a very well put together defense, the yeah. defensive coordinator who I'm gonna look up his name because I can't remember it. Um, but he deserves a shout out, so
0: definitely. Uh, Prospect who made me look stupid. Hey, I'm redeeming myself in Canada, even though I didn't like him in the summer. And going back to OK State, how about Amen Obongamiga, who uh, I don't think either of us liked him too much in the summer. There's a lot of hype, and we're like, "Eh, yeah, this is a bit of a letdown. Monster game this week. Had 12 tackles at TFL. Three forced fumbles. Punching the ball out was awesome. He recovered two of them. He was all over the field for Oklahoma State. I thought he was the easily their best player on, on the defense. Um, Rodarius Williams got hurt. Uh, like we said, Colby Harville-Peel struggled. Uh, and a man just was, was showing up big time. The the Calgary native going out west, that's where the real prospects are off. <laughs>
1: uh, Coastal Carolina defensive coordinator's name is Chad Staggs. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. He has... He he was Furman's DC. Before that, he was Charleston Southern's DC, and before that, Delta State's DC. Um, dude has been around. He he's. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he. I mean, he'll probably just follow where Jamie Chadwell wherever he goes,
0: or takes the job if if uh, Chadwell leaves.
1: I guess. Good point. Yeah,
0: no, that's a, um, that's a great to name me, too. Me. By
1: the way, prospecting made me look stupid. How about Davis Mills? <laughs> um a guy who i i just i don't think anyone have really talked about him since the summer yeah stanford have been struggling I, I i go into this game assuming washington's going to destroy him he ends up pulling off the win it was the most stanford game i've seen in a while where they, it was really ball control pro style offense austin jones the running back looked pretty good um mills made a couple really impressive ball placement throws not a Massive game, two fifty two in a touch, but looked like a a a quarterback not this year, but maybe next year. We're talking about a little bit more, and I I had written him off. So
0: yep, no, that that's that's fair. Um, you can never not fall in love a bit with the Stanford quarterback, Rob. That's what I've learned from you. It's true. (laughs) They're gonna get you at one point. Uh, who's your best prospect first prospect matchup? I went with that TCU secondary, and specifically Morig, who we've talked about ad nauseum already, and our Darius Washington, who was pretty great, too, at a couple PBUs, the, the one that led to the Morig one-handed juggling interception, uh, versus Tylen Wallace, who did get injured, but he had seven catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown beforehand. I I asked you yesterday, just obviously off air, uh, where do you think Wallace is going to end up going? Because I, I, I still don't know, Rob. Dude, are you going to give me a real
1: answer today aside from the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> he's going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know. Like the, we have to. It's too early to say. I like, know. We're going to love him more than the NFL, though. I know. I feel like he's going to be that Tyler Johnson
0: again where he he slips through the cracks, but we love him, and he ends up in the fourth or fifth
1: round for sure. Yeah. Um I went with BYU's O-line versus Coastal Carolina's D-line yeah. just because like that that was the matchup to watch. And, and although Coastal Carolina's D-line did get the best of BYU's offensive line a lot in pass protection, mm-hmm. the BYU O-line was moving them around when they did decide to run the ball. Um Brady Christensen, though had I think his worst game of the year yeah. against, against these Coastal Boys. Uh but I think that was like the game within the game.
0: No, that, that's a good point, and I, I think as we touched upon I don't know why they didn't run the ball more. Jeff Grimes was getting cocky, I'm telling you. Yeah, you're right. You see, he was going for the big uh, showcase game, and like I said, my outplay of the box score was, was Zach Wilson and Justin Fields changing it up, going we with two quarterbacks. I, I thought, um, like again, and, uh, not like I, I don't think anyone's going to look at either of these games from either of these quarterbacks and say, wow, what a game, but um, I, I think especially Fields, this was
1: a really incredible performance. Um, for me, I went with two Iowa State guys, one on each side. Uh, Tight end Charlie Kohler, who had a sick one handed touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, just twenty nine yards though. Other than that, but just such a uh, a willing blocker and a big part of why Iowa State runs the ball so well is the 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 dirty work their tight ends do, and they they obviously they they like to use three tight ends, and he'll he'll probably um. Like, he just looks like a prototypical. No, I'm not going to say he has a great ceiling or anything, like, not a Pro Bowl tight end, but he looks like a guy who's going to start in the NFL. Yep. Um, and then there's safety Greg Eisworth, who kind of makes that defense go. Uh, two big pass breakups against West Virginia and just always seems to be in the right place, regardless of um, how great an athlete he is. Former high school quarterback, too. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be an NFL special team star. I remember you loving Eyesworth in the summer. <laughs> yeah, just another guy that does the dirty work. Um, okay, who's being overhyped? All
0: right, I, I said this one to you as a joke, and it kind of is a joke. Cause it's not fair. I, I put Taryn Jackson. <laughs> Got to bring Coastal down a slight peg. But it, this really has nothing to do with Taryn Jackson. I'm not criticizing him at all. I like Jackson. Um, I just think he's the most overrated, underrated for a player in the country, because like everyone on Draft Twitter always wants to say how he's underrated. If everyone keeps saying someone's underrated, he isn't underrated. Like it's just everyone wants to love him, but like not uh, anoint him. Like it's kind of weird. And plus, his stats are awesome this year, obviously. Um, so you got all the box score boys hyping him up. It's just like if you love a guy, just say you love him. Don't don't say he's underrated. Don't don't do this false guys. Just say he's good. That's it. So this is nothing to do with Terrence Jackson. This is just. Something to do with all the takes I saw leading up to this game.
1: AJ's mad at draft Twitter this week, and I like it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going with a guy who you've talked about on this show. Um, as a potential riser, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, and it was kind of my first taste of watching a full UCLA game. And I just I came away like hoping Demetric Felton mm-hmm. would have a huge day, and he didn't. And I know DTR was back, so they didn't have to lean on him as much. Uh, and they, they did end up winning the game. But 11 touches for 49 yards. And I was just waiting for him to have this moment because obviously, the last, I think, four games, he just yeah. keeps running for more and more yards. And then the touches decreased. And I don't I, I, So I and I think he was a guy who we already mentioned that running back class earlier, who was kind of surging towards being maybe, maybe he ends up the fifth running back off the board for his diverse skill set and all these things. And then uh, second Rob tunes in. I <laughs>
0: It doesn't really do anything. I, I no, that's a good one because I, I think he's another guy that people are quietly um, hyping up. Maybe not even that quietly, but hyping up. Um, I I still I'm I'm not sure what to fully make of Felton. I I know he can play football. I know he's good. Um, I I just I don't know exactly where I'm going to be taking him. But you're right though. He he definitely had a chance to be uh, a riser because he's got that
1: diverse skill set. While we're here. You know how I think it was maybe last week or the week before I mentioned James Cook. Yep. And how maybe he's a guy who gets into the the conversation a little bit. I found I saw someone on Draft Twitter tweeting about him and they're basically posing poisoning the same question I was, where it's like, Why is he not a guy we're talking about? He's so clearly athletic and can catch the ball so well and he's diverse. Um, but I, I guess it's just kinda of part of Georgia doesn't use him all that much. But I, I think if he now he's just a true junior, so who knows what happens? But I think he's a guy who's gonna um, very much end up in that top ten running back combo.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's I, that's interesting, and I'm glad you
1: found your little uh, draft Twitter soulmate. Thank you. <laughs> Jealous. Small school guy who caught my eye. Has to be CJ Maribel, the Coastal Carolina Me running too. back. Hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns. Not the biggest dude. Looked very explosive. Looked really good in that offense. Uh, tough running inside too, when they went inside with him Yep. Um, he 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 he's a he's a guy who they they like rave about for his um, his character and everything, and maybe an undrafted guy who who, who sticks around. Well,
0: you you may remember because he's he's also my pick. I I mentioned him for overhyped, like uh, in passing earlier this year, because the broadcast was calling him Alvin Kamara. <laughs> so, so it's like all right, pump the brakes. But I definitely think he's uh, he's an interesting guy. And he, maybe not even undrafted, but a, a day three, type, of, a late day three type of guy. Um, catches the ball well, not like Alvin Kamara, but catches the ball well. Um, they've used him there earlier in the season uh, quite a lot. And uh, I think he's interesting. Definitely, definitely.
1: You know what else is interesting? Manscaped. And in support for Seven Rounds of Heaven comes from Manscaped, who's the best men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels jingle balls to the walls fellas listen up Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season i'm talking about the manscaped perfect package 3.0 manscaped is a revolutionary company that has redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary skin safe advanced skin safe i can't speak has proprietary (laughs) advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The Lomar 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. The product, along with the Crop Reserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pairs of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. <clears throat> and also, head to bet Online, where you can bet online this holiday season. We've got bowl season coming up, the NFL is underway, NBA is just around the corner, college basketball has begun. Those are kind of the four best sports to bet on, so why not head there and use promo code ARMSHARE to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And Ben Online presents my five picks of the week, and AJ's one short of the sh- one short of a six-pack. AJ, how did you do last week? Two and four. <laughs> nice. I went two and two, but the Washington State USC game. Hasn't happened at the time of this recording. It happened. We're recording on Sunday morning. It happens Sunday night. So next episode or two episodes from now, I will know how I did. I took Washington State plus nine and a half. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Um, NFL games are about to kick off, AJ. So let's power through this. Uh, I'm gonna. I just realized now I wrote my games down, but I did not pick spreads. So that's gonna be fun to do on the fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fox noon Saturday we finally get the game uh that team up north is heading to Columbus to take on number 4 Ohio State I, I it's the game so maybe Michigan should compete but I don't really know I'm assuming you picked this I had Did to you? yeah I had to would you put the spread out cuz I'm just gonna copy <sighs> I
0: went 20 and a half
1: I Okay, that's what I was going to put.
0: Okay, so, I mean, it's kind of tricky because it's the game, and I think they might lower it a bit, but there's no reason to do so. Um, and for the reverse, <laughs> I'm taking Ohio State. But, no, I, I, look, there's no reason Michigan should really hang in this game at all. Um, Agreed, they suck. Yep, they do. <laughs> they do suck. And hopefully Harbaugh is the head coach of the Detroit Lions by the time that game ends, and Nagy's there with him.
1: Um, okay, what what's your next
0: game? Uh, hey, I went back to this one. No time yet. All well, the rest of my games have no time yet, which is great. Yeah, same. Great. Uh, anyways, Oklahoma at West Virginia. That what happened um, should have happened two weeks ago. I picked it, so I kind of felt guilty if I didn't come back to it. West Virginia had a stinker, but I can't change off my original pick of taking West Virginia plus eight and a half. Um, so, I, hey, the, Oklahoma didn't look too great. They, they they wasn't too impressive. We didn't mention anything anyone in that game. Um, so give me give me West Virginia bouncing back in Morgantown in December, which never happens. That's awesome. I just sold myself again on this pick. <laughs> Let's go,
1: go, Mountaineers. Okay, I'm taking number seventeen North Carolina mm-hmm. plus three and a half at number ten Miami. I put it at five and
0: a half. Um, you want to do four and a half? We'll
1: go four. Yeah. Half, yeah. And I, I like this. And, and I, this this give me a high fire high fire. Oh, I can't speak. A lot of offense is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Derek King versus Sam Howell. Yep. It's gonna. Uh, Miami's defense is better than North Carolina's, but they're like I, I don't know. I just I don't know who wins, but uh, it's gonna be high scoring, and I think North Carolina's gonna very be in it. And, and winner probably goes to a New Year's Six Bowl.
0: Yeah, I hope this game. Miami kind of feels like a bit forgotten and about, but I hope this game's in a time slot that there isn't too much going on because uh, it'd be a fun one to sit down. Agreed. Um. Uh, do you have Cincinnati, Tulsa? I do, Rob. I have it, Cincinnati minus six and a half at Tulsa. But this is a fun game. I put it at ten and a half. Okay, interesting. See, I I don't know. I, I, it's a bit of a tricky one. I we'll go eight and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm very much down for that. Um, I think it's gonna be close, but I think I think like Cincy wins by like ten.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think t- like Tulsa's defense is good enough to keep it close, but is there there there? I don't really see. Their offense doing like nearly enough against Cincinnati's defense. Yeah. If it, I, th- I think we'll get a, like a low scoring first half, then Desmond Ritter will do enough in the second half to pull away.
0: Yeah. I, I keep an eye on the total in this game. If it, it's probably going to be low, but if they don't put it too low, I, I like the under. Um, your only concern is that, that Ritter puts it away. But again,
1: that Tulsa defense is really good. I agree. Um, my next one's Ole Miss at number five, Texas AM. Okay. I, I put it taking almost plus eight and a half. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you think that's
0: fair? Yeah. Uh, Tamu bit me in the ass last week, so I, I did. I, I
1: ignored them. Uh, why do you like your uh, your rabbits, drop? Matt Corral, I think, he's gonna be a top quarterback prospect next year. Yeah. Elijah Moore, like, they're gonna put up points. Lane Kiffin has got this thing humming on offense. They're also gonna give up a ton of points. It's gonna be. This is a big test for Kellen Mond, really. Um, I, I just like, I think Texas A&M wins, mm-hmm. but it wins close. Like, I, I'm feeling like a, a, maybe a 35 31 Texas m uh, That's fair. I like that. Um, I couldn't shy away from the battle
0: in, in the Pacific Northwest. Washington and Oregon, I know both of their seasons are over before they began, but uh, I'm still taking the Ducks minus two and a half.
1: In Oregon, in Eugene, yeah, yeah. Two and a half. Um, I mean they they've lost they've lost twice now. Yeah, Washington also. Yeah, I'll give that to you. Yeah,
0: the spread's tricky. I know. I, I but it's it's in Eugene. They're still going to be favored. Uh, they, they might even be favored by more, but they probably shouldn't be. But I, I still I still believe in the Ducks to uh, to lean on Washington a bit. Um, they just got to slow down Kate and baby, and then you win.
1: I uh, I picked the Battle of L.A. over that game as my final pick. Uh, number twenty USC at UCLA. Um, obviously, th- this spread will be very impacted by what happens uh, between Washington State and USC, which I think USC wins that one close. Mm-hmm. They'll go they'll go fo- they'll be four zero. UCLA is clearly improved this year uh, under Chip Kelly in year three now. Um, I'm taking UCLA plus three at home. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I think that is very fair. Okay, thank you. And I, I think this is a perfect – this is when USC loses. <laughs> I think USC loses this game. Yeah, no, I like I that not don't, I, I don't think their defense will be able to contain Felton and DTR. Um, and, and their defense has played really well. UCLA's surprisingly good defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they'll do enough to stop Caden Slovis in the game.
0: I got one more pick because Liberty at Coastal Carolina canceled. I, I had Coastal minus, but I mean, I, I didn't want to just assume and, and pretend like I had Coastal against BYU. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going LSU at Florida. I don't know what to make of this line. Uh, LSU still kind of getting respect even though they shouldn't. I'm taking Florida minus 17.5 in the Swamp. Is that too little? It's in the Swamp? Yeah. i put it at 20 okay i'm I'm fine with 20 and a half yeah i i florida was like 17 and a half in tennessee lsu was what 29 against bam i don't know yeah i'll go i'll go 20 and a half and i think florida uh, walks away with it even though like sometimes and like florida's coming off they didn't cover against tennessee obviously They, they they weren't overly impressive but i think they come back and and just wipe the floor with lsu because you love kyle trask